think the legs were there. Well, yeah. I mean, if if you had taken out all the the Euros out of Gravel World Championships, then the U.S. riders would have been battling for podium. I'm just saying, like we've been talking about. I'm just saying we've been talking about Charm City and all these other cross races every yeah. weekend. So if it was the same level of competition as those, then I would have been. Dude, if you took out the eight guys that beat you at Charm City, you would have All right, whatever. All right, I get it. I won't (laughs) say that. I won't say that ever again. All right, I got 13. (laughs) Fair enough. What's up, party people? We've got another monster episode for y'all today, so I'm going to keep this snappy. Dizzle Dillman's back in the hot seat today, and we're talking Gravel World Champs, BWR Michigan, Waterloo World Cup, the most legendary of legends races, and a whole lot more. So stick around till the end to hear all the banter. Send any feedback and questions for the show to Scott McGill Jr., Dylan Johnson, and Adam Saban Six on the old Insta machine. All right, let's get this bonk roast party started. Should we start by talking about Gravel World Champs, since we were talking about Gravel World Champs last weekend, or last week? Yeah, yeah, we could start with that. Let's um, start, hold on, I'm curious, before we even talk about it, who were the Americans? All I know is that Eddie Anderson was there, right? Nope. He's the only... Eddie, Eddie, Eddie did not get selected for the team. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I don't know a single American who went. I... Griffin Easter was there. Uh, Matt okay. Stevens and Lauren Stevens was there. Uh, Lauren DiCrescenzo. Mm-hmm. I think Lauren DiCrescenzo did the best out of any American. Okay. Um, I'm pr- I'm definitely Ooh. missing some people. But. <clears throat> Lauren Stevens was was actually like she was in the front move for the longest, and then she got okay. popped, and then I think Lauren DiCrescenzo came around her or something later on. Yeah, um, but she was in the move probably till thirty k to go or something. Mm. Yeah, I think Lauren DeCrescenzo got like twentieth or something. Which yeah, I mean, that's top twenty in the world. That's awesome. Um, so it's kind of weird though because all we ever talk about is like, oh, gravel racing. Like the biggest gravel races happen in the U.S. And if that was true, then she should have won worlds, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> Right? Like, I mean, like that makes but sense, like, right? Just because the biggest gravel races happen in the U.S. doesn't mean like all the best riders from Europe are going to come do them. You I just think I mean? it's yeah. funny that like all year we're talking about what a beast Lauren De Crescenzo is, and then she goes yeah. twentieth at Worlds. It's like man, that's, that's <laughs> you know, normal. I, I was actually watching like GCN's uh, video about like the recap of Gravel Worlds and. And they were talk. They were like, "Oh yeah, Sophia Gomez Villafane got like twelfth, and Ivar Slick got I forget what he got, but like obviously he didn't win." And they were just saying like, "Okay, here are the people that won Unbound, and this mm. is how they did at Gravel Worlds. Like, clearly, if you win Unbound, you're not the best gravel racer in the world." Oh, Sophia yeah. got twelfth, but she's not American. I was like, "Wait, you guys just said yeah, yeah, I got it now." Yeah, she's like, not yeah, American. The dots, the dots connected. Yep, got it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was solid for her. Um, So who won the women's race? I only watched the men's. uh, PFP. Yeah. Oh, dang. Which, like, I mean, that makes sense, right? I mean. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be different if this was, like, you know, if this was, like, the inaugural mountain bike world championships and, like, you needed, like, a specific skill to do well in it. 
mm-hmm. like gravel, like, I mean, it's not like you need like any specific skills for this stuff. Yeah. And so this is like what I, I think the main thing that people are getting really upset about the UCI with this gravel worlds is how tame the course was. The course was so was so smooth, like the gravel sections were so smooth that people were opting to run road bikes with like 32 millimeter tires, you know. But it was off road. I mean, like there were yeah, it was off road, yeah. and there yeah. were like that's what BWR um, is, and I think that I think that's that what I was going to cool. say. It it looked like a BWR race. Um, yeah, I've never but done I, one, but from what I've seen, I would say that a BWR race is even more technical than this because almost every BWR race throws in like legit single track, not just a track that's so narrow that you call it single track. I mean, like a mountain bike would be a better bike for this section. Yeah, than, yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah, bike I mean, you're on. Yeah, and, and part of it could have been like the type of gravel. So like in in like the region that it was in was like where like Strata Bianchi's always is. Um and I think the gravel is supposed to be like pretty mellow there, like super fine yeah. crushed stone. Um but I don't know. I thought the course was actually pretty cool. Like there were some some riders who were like from US riders who were like posting about it beforehand and they were like, Oh, this is this isn't gravel. Like this is like a cyclocross race or a road race. Like, I don't right. know. I thought the course was pretty sweet, especially like being that it was in like a total urban setting. Um, yeah. I thought they did a good job of like figuring out how to make it like a mixed surface race. Um, yeah. I and took I a mean, bunch of screenshots. Cool. Yeah. I, I think the thing to keep in mind is that like a gravel race can, there's a wide range of terrain that they could possibly fall under you know the bracket of gravel it could be as smooth as what we see at world championships and then it could be like as rough as what we see at the roughest sections of unbound you know yeah was and, this level and two gravel in or level i don't four even gravel. know if it was level level two i think it might have been like level <laughs> one or whatever of course dylan knows what the levels are <laughs> yeah um, um, but I don't know. I mean, I thought the, I thought the course was fine. I thought it totally was representative of like what a gravel race can, you know, can be. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, so Dylan, did you watch any of the actual coverage? Like any of the race? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, what I did you watch it on YouTube? I don't know. Like, uh, the UCI yeah. just had a live live feed going for okay so on that's on that feed was there any commentary yeah there was it was just one guy it was weird because you know usually there's two commentators i don't know who the commentator was he was doing a really good job with (sighs) the fact that he was solo and he had to talk for however long the race was by himself like he couldn't even bounce ideas off of another guy he just Solo Dude, talked for like three hours. I, I watched it on Flow Sports, and there was no commentary. It was literally well, yeah, just I mean, a video stream. So you paid I mean, to watch what, it, and it was worse. You, that's, that's what I'm so saying. Nice. I mean, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't pay to watch this race specifically. Like I already had sure. Flow Sports, right? But, yeah, Dude, but you're paying. Dude, it was that's so, on, that's it was on so you boring. For watching it on Flow Sports. I I looked up where the best place to watch it was, and and everything said in the no. U.S. it was Flow Sports. I could have like VPN and done GCN. No, dude, um, all you have to do is go on YouTube and it was like live with commentary. Yeah, no on one the UCI's channel. None of I the none of the articles talked about um about YouTube feed at all. That would have yeah. been way better. 
It was like I never realized how boring gravel racing was until you like strip <laughs> out the commentary. I mean, has there ever even been commentary on a gravel race? Like, there's never even really been coverage. So, well, I, I guess I never realized how boring bike racing is. Do, do we? So, are we concluding that gravel watch watching gravel racing is this is that more or less boring than watching a road race? It was so the men's race was like was pretty much a road. It, it like played out like a road race, <clears throat> except that. I think the group kind of screwed up. I think they expected to be able to bring back the break. Um, But maybe because of like they, they mistimed like or misjudged how much slower it would be to, to bring him back. Like they, they kind of screwed up the timing. Um, Like it seemed like they were trying to like do the, you know, one minute Mm -hmm. per 10 K kind of, you know, um, chase effort that like you typically see on the road. And, and it was more like, 40 seconds per 10 K. So they just like, didn't have enough time to bring him back. It also didn't really look like they were riding that hard. So I couldn't really tell if they were Dude, that motivated. I, I was like, I, there were a lot of, I, maybe in a typical road race, they're always shooting head on. So you can't really see this, but there were a lot of side shots and there, there were a lot of shots from behind. And, I felt like the riders were making absolutely no attempt to get arrow. Like the entire time they were just riding in the hoods. And I was like, what are you doing right now? Get in your drops or bend down. It's not a road race. It's a gravel race, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even, even the, the, so like there were, there were like four guys in the break initially, and then it kind of dwindled down to two guys in the break. Um, and like, it didn't even look like they were riding all that hard. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure they were riding hard. I was just I was getting I was actually getting like mad at how how like little consideration they were giving to their position. Like they were they straight up like their position was like I'm out on like a Sunday endurance ride, like straight like straight up, like not even Dude, bending I, their I was, elbows. I was going to bring this up when we talked about BWR, um, but I'll bring it up now. Dude, Jordan Wakeley needs to work on his position on the bike that dude is like a sail in the wind man he could have freaking beaten alexi if he had any aerodynamic position at all his i mean (laughs) i would love to see his power data from the race i mean he's a big guy to begin with right he's been around uh, for a long time he's like michigan's hero but he doesn't ever race any big races he just stays in michigan well he just only races at michigan yeah i mean he yeah he's really so strong strong. but he 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 ended up getting he ended up getting third um are yeah. we transitioning to BWR now? Or are we done talking? No, 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 we're not no done I, I, I was just bringing that up. <laughs> I thought I thought <laughs> it was worth mentioning the start line. Yeah, like I don't know if they did call ups or not, <clears> but like Peter Sagan and Vanderpool were on the front row, so I'm assuming they did some kind of <laughs> call up. Which I guess I don't know if that's against the spirit of gravel or not. But um, it was yeah, they did. It was, it was based on UCI points, like Weird. UCI road points. I think so. Yeah, yeah that's lame. So this is a whole um, different discipline, right? So it shouldn't, yeah, it shouldn't right. matter. Um, but I, I did think it was interesting that, like, typically at a UCI World Championships, it's, like, you know, done to the, like, they've got the banners and they this, that, and the other, and everything's, like, so put together. And it looked like they intentionally didn't set up any of that stuff, and it was just some metal barricades. 
and everybody had their like numbers pinned to their front of their bikes, like the normal, I guess, gravel way to do things. It just seemed like the UCI was <laughs> yeah. really embracing the whole gravel of like, we're not going to overdo the start banner. A dude even started like holding on to the barrier. He was totally clipped in and just, and they didn't have like a, it, it didn't even seem like there was a, an official start. They just said go. Cause like everybody, I don't know. <laughs> It was just real weird. That, it was like, that is here's the, the that UCI. Is the spirit of gravel. Here's the UCI, like <laughs> the highest uh, pro- professional organization, and they're trying to be somewhat unprofessional because this is a hashtag gravel race. You know, I don't like, know if they were. I don't know if they were trying to be unprofessional, but yeah, that's the vibe I got. It was like they were they were making. I mean, sh- they didn't want to got- overdo it and make it seem like a big put together road race feel. You know. Yeah, but I I got the vibe that it was just their B team that was like putting on the race. So that's probably very true. Yeah, which is which is probably pretty accurate to like domestic gravel races. Like it's they're sure. I mean, most of the time they're grassroots founded and like you know don't have a ton of background in race promoting. Which like that's I mean that's how you build the gravel vibe, I guess. But yeah, I think that the UCI probably stretch. had bigger things, bigger fish to fry. Like they probably cared yeah. more about the world cup in waterloo yeah good point mm-hmm. yeah that finishing stretch looked rad though like they finished down it looked like some really cool road it was pretty sweet yeah yeah and like the the uphill like off camber 180 going into the finish too i thought it was pretty sweet like kind of cyclocross-esque yeah um, um so here i i thought it was interesting that like all year you didn't hear anything about UCI gravel racing, like especially in the U S and then all of a sudden for this past week, it was like everyone was talking about UCI gravel worlds. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I do have a note on that. I was talking to a ride. I'm in Fayetteville for the cycle cross world cup. And I was, I was riding with somebody Ooh, who shot. lives here and I won't tell you who, because I don't want to like get this person in trouble. I don't know, but <laughs> In their in their contract for next year, uh, they were saying that there's going to be two stipulations, and it's going to be the lifetime Grand Prix. Grand Prix that's going to be in their contract, and UCI Gravel is going to be they don't, in, in their contract. What if they don't make it into the lifetime Grand Prix because you have to. I don't know. She's oh, I mean, uh, this person. Uh, uh, she's already in the series, okay. and so. Sure. But that's going to be in her contract, like those two things. Yeah, I'm just I'm UCI just saying gravel. like what if it was in your contract that you had to do the lifetime grand prix and then you didn't even make it in? Well, I don't know. Pretty mm-hmm. sure CA will make it in. Hey, come on, dude. You're gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> she <laughs> no, probably doesn't dude, listen to this, but I don't want to get her in trouble. I mean that's I mean that, that it's it makes sense though. I mean like The only point I was making was that we haven't heard anything about UCI Gravel. It was pretty much non existent, but next year mm-hmm. we'll there's going to be American riders targeting it. Right. Right. Because of how big the worlds were, I think. I, I think that, I think that part of the reason why Amer like the, the big name American gravel racers really didn't care about it this year is because all of them were focused on lifetime Grand Prix. And like the lifetime Grand Prix is, is like quite, you know, I mean, that's, that's like your season right there, you know? Yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if any lifetime Grand Prix racers went to, the gravel world championship. <clears throat> um, Sarah Sturm. She was the only one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, House was supposed to go, but he opted out. Mm-hmm. And then I don't um, know. I didn't know the other people. I, I knew Matt Stevens, but 
Jacob Peterson and David Van Orsdal were the other two dudes. Mm-hmm. Then Lauren DiCrescenzo, Holly Matthews, Emily Newsom, uh, Lauren Stevens, and Sarah Sturm on the women's side. I'm kind of just like stipulating here, but I, I'd imagine that both the Lifetime Series and U.S. UCI Gravel are both going to be bigger even next year. Like things are only going to get bigger next year, right? I don't know if that mm-hmm. means like more money, more riders, more events. I mean, I can't well, so, imagine. You, you see, so, like, year, at what, at what point more. does at what point does gravel plateau? Right, because it can't just keep growing forever. Um, I think I think gravel plateaus when they continue making the races longer and harder. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, we did talk about this uh, on an episode. I I wanted the races to be super long and hard, and everybody else was like, they need to be shorter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you're kind of in a small I, group of people, Dylan, that think that. Yeah. I yeah. kind of agree. I mean, but, yeah, the, the vibe that I've always gotten from gravel is the longer the better. Um, but You think that the longer the better. Because you're a cyclocross um, racer. No, you're I saying like that's what that's what you've picked up on is like that's what yeah people that's the, want that's what I've picked up on. Oh, and, that's and what do, that's what other people like. I do think it's weird when they're less than a hundred miles. I will admit that. I think a hundred miles is kind of the the golden standard for a gravel race. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's in, that's in my that's what I think as yeah. well. If I'm going to do a gravel race, so, I'd want it. I'd want it to be at least a hundred miles. So what I think is interesting is the fact that like the BW, BWR series has expanded like exponentially in the last three years. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, th- like they're not getting much publicity about that at all. Like they are not the premier yeah. gravel series in the U S and I don't care if they yeah, call know. themselves gravel or not, whatever, but um, like, they're going to have seven races next year or something like that. Whoa. Like that's more, they're going to have more races than the grand prix did had this year. Yeah. I, I really, it, it really seems like they're being overshadowed by the grand prix. The yeah. WR is. Um, yeah, because yeah, right. If the yeah, if the GP didn't, BWR would totally be the premier grapple series if the GP didn't do the whole series thing. Yeah, or lifetime. Are there going to be more events in the lifetime series next year? You guys think? Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. You think they're going to let more riders? There's a lot of rumors circulating about what they're going to do next year, but nothing's confirmed. Yeah, and, and I mean, everyone that I've talked to who's in the Greek Grand Prix wants there to be more more races next year. So if they're if they're if they're surveying the athletes who are participating, then I would say probably. Is there any kind of auto qual for next year? Like, if you get top fifteen in the series this year, you automatically are in for next year, or is it all? They didn't. Start? There, there was no um, like rule or or anything like that about that. Um, like when, when the series started and they haven't made any announcement about that yet. So if they yeah. came out with that now, I feel like that'd be yeah, kind of off putting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if they did that. <laughs> yeah. Even if they didn't announce that, but they kind of just like, Hey, yeah, you got, you did well like in, in the series. Like yeah, your unwritten criteria. Yeah. Where are you sitting right now, Dylan? Or am I sitting? 
like oh in like in the standings. series yeah. <laughs> uh i think i'm 18th Ooh. Ooh, you've dropped a few I have dropped. I've, I've dropped outside, I've, outside the unwritten criteria for. I, I've, <laughs> I I have dropped every sing, like I've dropped in the standings after every single race. Like I started in thirteenth after Sea Otter, and Sea Otter was actually my surprisingly was my best result so far, uh, which I wouldn't have thought. Um, it's because but, yeah. that's when you peaked. You peaked at the first race. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'm also a better He's, mountain. Boy. I think I'm also a better mountain biker than a lot of the riders in the series. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's also kind of the gravel way to like get better as the season goes on. Like, yeah, you you just gravel riders just don't, I mean, they just kind of ride whatever. And then once the racing starts going, then they get a little (laughs) faster. Who's your coach, man? Come on. (laughs) Dude, just wait until big sugar, man. Okay. That's what you said about (laughs) Shaquam again. I know, dude. I, I I like really put all my chips in the Schwamigan basket, and then it really didn't pay off at all. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, I mean that. I feel like that was probably the the worst race to put all your chips in. It's just so unpredictable the results there. Yeah, sure, sure. But Big Sugar could be could be a good one. I mean, that one's unpredictable too. Like, you know high likelihood of getting a flat so yeah i mean unless you like ride a mountain bike or something is that one 100 uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> dude how uh, did you find a 42 tooth chain ring for your mountain bike side note uh it's it's like a it's an off-brand like china brand okay it's the brand is like dacus or something which is the same brand that i bought my 15 dollar rotors from yeah it was a really cheap chain ring it was like 20 bucks (laughs) okay well it didn't it didn't break on you during bwr so and house you know i mean like my uh my hardtail fits a 42 tooth chain ring like just barely like it's almost rubbing the the chainstay but yeah yeah it's pretty sick it's almost so, like Factor wanted you to r- ride your mountain bike <laughs> in a gravel race. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, with a 42-tooth chain ring, that's like standard gravel gearing at that point, you know? Yeah, with, uh, well, especially once you factor in the uh, oversized tires. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, should we talk about BWR then? We I didn't even know you were doing the BWR mission. Dude, I decided like I, I, it was the last, it was a last minute decision. Did you drive up there? Yeah. I mean, it was too late to get a flight <laughs> wow. when I decided to do it. I don't know. I, I, I'll be honest. I heard that the competition was not going to be super high there. And I was like, Oh dude, this mm. is my chance to podium a BWR race. And then I totally screwed that up. <laughs> did you ride like a mountain bike or some shit? I did. Yeah, it was so I I I brought both my normal gravel bike and my mountain bike with the drop bars. And the only reason I brought the mountain bike with the drop bars is like kind of as a backup bike. Like if something happens to the gravel bike on the pre-ride, at least I have a bike to ride and I had room in my car. So I was like, why not? Like I didn't intend to ride the mountain bike at all. But then I got there and I pre-rode and I pre-rode the last 15 miles and the last 10 miles is almost all single track. And I was getting, uh, I was getting Intel that like out on the course, there are these deep Sandy sections that are so deep that you're going to have to run. 
And I was like, and, and I, I like, I thought about which bike to run for like the entire afternoon that I was there. I like kept going back and forth, but I was like, okay, there's deep sandy sections out on course that people are going to have to run. And the last 10 miles of the course is single track. I think the mountain bike is a better call. Um, now you also have to keep in mind that like 50% of this course is road, which is a lot. (laughs) Uh, so during the actual race, I, when we got to the Sandy sections, I completely dropped everyone and it wasn't even hard. Like I, the, the bike just was able to ride the sand sections and everybody else was either like squirming around cyclocross style in the sand, or they had to literally get off their bike and run. And I found myself like with, you know, like we'd exit one of these sand sections and I'd look back and I couldn't even see them. Right. And I wasn't trying to break away at this point. Like it's a very long race to go solo on a mountain bike. So I just kind of like, you know, I just, I just keep paddle, keep the pressure on so that they had to chase a little bit. And, and I was thinking like, this is a pretty good bike setup for this race actually. But then the second half of the course is actually, I would say mostly road. And when we got on the road, Alexi clearly saw what was happening. Like every time we hit an off-road section, I was like head and shoulders above everyone else because of this bike I chose. So when we got on the road, he would just showed your cards a little too early. Yeah, dude, I should have just pretended Mm. like I was struggling like everyone else. (laughs) And then you would have just dropped them in that last section. Yeah, probably not, but (laughs) either way, way, Alexi is sure. Sure. Either way, Alexi is like by far the strongest rider there and by far stronger than I am. But um, I'm talking about a guy who two years ago was on Yumbo Visma. Like, (laughs) yeah. So, so so we would get on the the road and he's running like 40 mil slicks. Uh, So like his bike is clearly a lot faster on the road than, than mine is. And he would just start attacking like, and I was able to follow, you know, a lot of the attacks, but then I think around mile 85 ish, I was like not able to follow anymore. And then he, like he went up the road and the real bummer about it is that we were in a group of six and he took, he took like all four riders with him or all five riders with him, except for so Jordan Wakeley. Did he Jordan attack Wakeley got- or did, did you just get dropped? Cause it sounds no, he whole, no, he attacked the dude, whole group. Left not, you behind. I dude, they were all stronger than me. Like, yeah, he attacked, and all of them were able to follow. Like, I didn't get dropped. This was like we went from rolling like two hundred and fifty watts to doing. Dude, I can go back on my training peaks right now. I was when when he dropped me, I was doing like oh, almost six hundred watts. What was that? When he what? Well. Well, what's the difference? Well, you when you when somebody attacks and you get dropped, you still get dropped. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so I yeah, got dropped, I mean, but yeah, he was also Jordan. Jordan said he I'm got saying. dropped too. Like he he characterized yeah. it as he got so. Dropped. So this is so J- Jordan Wakely got dropped uh, the same time I got dropped, but he he was a little bit ahead of me, and then I was like he probably was like 20 seconds ahead of me. And then I, I was able to bridge the gap to him. And then as soon as I caught him, he attacked me 
and I got, and I was like so gassed from trying to catch him that I like when he attacked, I just had nothing, and it, I was like, and then he what like rode away. Move. What a baller move! Wait for I somebody know. to catch you and then attack. Like that's I know, awesome. dude. And I was, I was thinking, and he reeled back in third. He ended up third. Yeah, dude. At the time, I was thinking, like, dude, if we could just work together, like, two like two people working <laughs> together is better than one. But I think he was probably worried that I would drop him in the last single track section or something. Mm. Yeah, he actually said that in his, they, they had, like, a post-race interview with him or whatever. And he had said that you were riding the Sandy section super well. Um, so then when he got dropped and then you had, like, he, he wanted to make sure that he had a gap on you, but he wasn't even, like, thinking that he was going to catch third. Like, he he was just mm-hmm. trying to hang on to fifth. Yeah. But yeah, he was, he dude, was that, freaking yeah, that strong, dude. just a beast. Um, so that's, yeah, that's basically yeah, so what we are and, and apparently there were only 12 women in the race. I was going to pull up their results, and I didn't even, like, I don't I don't recognize a single name. Aaron Kelsey Devereaux won. What are you talking about? You don't recognize a single name. She's not Kelsey on Kelsey Devereaux? No. I think she did the mountain bike race the day before. Oh, uh, yeah, she, okay. She's not on the results here. Hey, Dylan, did you see KP up there? Kyle Perry? Oh, wait, you don't, you've never met no. Kyle, have you? In person. Uh, well, I met him online. I, I didn't see him. Yeah, did he, he, did he do yeah, the gravel yeah. race? No, no, no. Get this. I was mm-hmm. I was I swung well. by the bike shop that he works at in Indy to pick up stuff on the way to on the way to Trek. And he was leaving that day, like what day was that? Like Thursday? He was leaving that Thursday to ride all the way from Indianapolis to Traverse City on his like on his old steel road bike. He rode like I think it was like four hundred and forty miles from Thursday to Sunday or Whoa. Wednesday. Wednesday to Sunday or something like that. Uh, wow. And he was, and Kelsey, another ignition coach was, they were going to do the race. So he just had to get there by the time they finished the race so that he'd have a ride back home. And so he said he rode like 32 hours or something like that in four days. Yeah. That's just gnarly. because why did he basically do that? like bikepacking? He said uh base training for next road season. That's no, that's what he said it's not base training dude (laughs) um okay well anything else from from bwr dylan how come you decided to do the michigan one instead of the kansas one this weekend yeah so the main reason was because i want to have good legs at at uh big sugar and the Kansas one is on Sunday and Big Sugar mm-hmm. is the following Saturday. So Saturday. it's not it's not even a full week between the two races. And sometimes when I do a big race, if I have two back-to-back long races like that, my you know, the second race doesn't go as well cuz there's you can pretty much recover in a week, but you know, a lot of times there's some lingering fatigue. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know. I got gotcha. you. Um, so the Kansas one is this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. This Sunday. And that, that one will probably have some more hitters at because that one's actually part of the quadruple crown. So like Pete Stetna will probably be there. Griffin Easter, Brendan, oh, okay. uh, Adam Roberge, Carrie, uh, Carrie, Carrie will probably so be he's there. Not yet. doing that. I thought he was doing the world cup this weekend. Okay. So yeah, well, I, I I don't I mean I don't know what Kerry's doing, but he he has been going for this quadruple crown thing. Is the so. World Cup on Saturday or Sunday? 
Uh, uh, it's Sunday. Bro. Did you get a tattoo? I did. Oh my gosh. Let me see that thing. What is it? it? Oh my gosh. You got a huge tattoo, Dylan. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those fake tattoos. Dylan didn't seem like a tattoo kind of guy. Wow. Nina's finally That's like really. Dylan? Is, it a, is an, it a robotic li- lizard? <laughs> it's an iguana. That thing yeah, is awesome. Like, uh, Nina's really influenced you. Wow. Yeah, I guess she finally cracked me. Oh Wait, my so gosh. so you've never gotten a tattoo before, and the first tattoo you get is a gigantic lizard on your arm, <laughs> like like visual I, I for everybody to see. It's <laughs> awesome. Is that just a random <laughs> like, tattoo? All in, man. Like, all right. It's it's com- it's completely random. There's absolutely no meaning behind it. Is yeah, it permanent right. or is it like one of those temporary tattoos? <laughs> Um, I mean, Adam. he did it with a tattoo gun, so that's permanent, right? It's, it's there. <laughs> Dude, yeah. that's nuts. Wow. You just didn't seem like the type. Yeah. What do you mean? I feel like every you time seem, we talk about seem, tattoos, I've said, I want to get one. I don't know, but you seemed like too nerdy for a tattoo. I don't know. <laughs> hey, dude, I, yeah, I when totally you wear your, for a tattoo. Your, like, let's say the whole YouTube your long sleeve skin suit is going to cover that in every race. Like, no one's going to see it. I know. If the yeah. YouTube plus also also on my YouTube channel, you can't see my arms. Like my my uh, camera cuts off like right here. So yeah, you should have gotten it on your face. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, do you have any tattoos? No. If you were going to get a Why tattoo, not, dude? what would you get? I've never even thought about it. Yeah, I mean, either. I probably Adam, you don't, you don't have tattoos? No. I've got two, like, but you guys don't know. Like, I just, like, every time I've, like, Dude, thought I about it, I, I just always have this vision in my mind of, like, 60-year-old Adam, and I'm like, dude, that's not going to be cool anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think, too. That's yeah. why mine, you can't really I, see either one of mine, so I can hide them when I'm, like, 60. Dude, the one you can see like when you're riding, it's like right below your. I I think the placement yeah, of that one is great. Yeah, yeah. It's, that was that was good. That was so you. Yeah, so but, you're saying yeah, when you're when you're sixty, your your like thigh is going to be sagging below your kneecap, so you probably will be able to see those through your like through your shorts. <laughs> my, my my thigh tattoo is going to turn into a, a shin tattoo <laughs> or a knee <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> I don't know about that. The guy I, when he was doing I think the. the when the guy was doing the lion tattoo on my chest, he's like, yeah, when you're 40, it'll start to look like a cat. That's really pumping that's, me up right now. That's very symbolic, right? Because you're at your like physical peak right now and you're a lion. But by the time you're 40, you'll have downgraded to a cat. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be very symbolic. All right. So, so we done, are we done talking about gravel? Well, we're at least done talking about gravel racing. We have some gravel questions that we might talk about later. Yeah, I mean, um, should sure. we talk some cyclocross? Yeah, this this you titled the last episode like the gravel versus cyclocross episode or something. I think this is just turning into the gravel versus cyclocross podcast. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, that's just the season of the year that we're in right now, right? That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> So, Drew, yeah. you raced this past weekend. That's right. Did you do the C1 on Friday, too? 
Yep. The C1 and the Legends race on Friday. Yeah, so tell us about... I, I knew you did the Legends race, but I, I, I wasn't sure if you did the C1. Um, yep. Tell us about which one you had more fun in. Mm, it's close. Um, I think the, the Legends race was obviously a little bit more legendary. Uh, so that was probably the one worth talking about more. But, I mean, the C1 so, was good. So, okay, I, um, so here's, my, here's my next question. Can, is there, could there be a thing as a professional Legends racer? Could you just yeah, like surprise your program so, so to only doing Ellen, legends races? Ellen Noble was the announcer. Um, I don't think she knew it was me. I think she. <laughs> look, look, I've, I've like I've went to races with her. I've been to Europe with her. She knows who I am as a racer. I think I look so different now than what she remembers me as. I don't think she realized that I was like a World Cup rider. I think she just was like, "Oh, this guy's dressed up as Forrest Gump." This random dude, yeah. Because um, I thought for sure Plus she would have like said something about like tattoos, right? By this point, <laughs> me, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, um, dude, all these tats you have, like, how can I kind of thought recognizers? <laughs> I kind of thought like she would say on there, like, "Oh, so cool to see one of our elite riders out here participating in the fun race," you know. But she never said my name. She only referred to me as Forrest. So I think she honestly didn't know it was me. <laughs> I had multiple people tell me after the race on Instagram, oh, that was you out there? And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. how did you not know it was me? Like, <laughs> That's because you signed up. You said you signed up your name as Forrest Gump. You should have at least like let them know that it was you. Yeah, but it's me. Like, how could they? It wasn't like I did put I, on makeup. I didn't wear a mask. I, it was literally like I put a hat on. Like, how could dude, you not if, recognize me? If I didn't me? see you on a regular basis on here... And I and I just went to Trek and, and saw some random dude running as Forrest Gump. Like, I probably wouldn't have recognized you. Also, even when you're not dressed as Forrest Gump, you look way different now than you did, like, a year ago. <laughs> yeah, I have gotten that quite a bit. Yeah. You know? But I still like so. it. I don't know. I didn't get it. Anyways, the C1 went good. Um, there was more Europeans racing than I had thought. A lot of the, a lot of the Europeans skipped the Friday race to focus on the World Cup. Um, a lot of those riders were Trek riders. So you kind of think like, well, they were probably forced to cause they're on the Trek headquarters. So they should probably race as many times as possible. Vanderhaar won on a track. So, you know, I get that, but there was like 10 Europeans. Um, it was a super crit like race, like big groups on the course. Cause the course was different. It was basically the same as the world cup course without the very hard features. So if you take out the run up and the two really hard climbs, um, there's not really any features that would like create gaps on the course. And so, uh, I came through at the end of the first lap in 19th place in the lead group of 19 riders. So I was the last rider in the main group. Um, so I was technically still in the lead group, but I'm like 19th place. And so eventually gaps just started to open. Um, and I ended up being in the second group, like three laps in, and it was like me, Caleb Schwartz, Vanderhaar and some, or Van and Ham and some European rider. And so we were basically battling for like 11th. And then there was a big group of 10 up the road. Mm. Um, I would have liked to have make that made, you know, been in that lead group for a little bit longer. I, uh, I was obviously at the very back of the group. So when the gaps started opening, there weren't that many places to pass. So I couldn't come around riders to try to stay in that lead group. I think, I think maybe I had the legs to stay there for a couple more laps, but it's hard to say. Um, Mm. Yeah. So then I ended up finishing 13th overall. Um, 
had you taken out all the Europeans from the race, I like I would have been battling for like a podium spot at at a normal race, like at, at the same people if all the same people who have been racing Sick. these races. So I think the legs were there. Well, yeah, I mean, if if you had taken out all the, the Euros out of Gravel World Championships, then the U.S. riders would have been battling for podium. I'm just saying, like, we've been talking about... I'm just saying we've been talking about Charm City and all these other cross races every yeah. weekend. So if it was the same level of competition as those, then I would have been... Dude, if you took out the eight guys that beat you at Charm City, you would have... All won. right, whatever. All right, I get it. I'll, I won't <laughs> say that. I won't say that ever again. All right, I got 13. <laughs> Fair enough. No, it, it's just funny because, I mean, all all the U.S. guys said that, like... Yeah. You know, it's fine. I mean, if more <laughs> Europeans had raced, I would have gotten 20th. And that's what happened in the World Cup. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could go that route. <laughs> So then the Legends race was like two hours after the race. So I just hung out and uh, I was just going to like sit into the middle. I was like on the start line next to my, the junior on the team, Gus. And, uh, and he was like, dude, you should just go up to the front row. Like I didn't have a bike. I was just going to run one lap. It's super jaw, you know, like it's force gum. So I'm like, oh, you I'm didn't even gonna... have a bike at the start. Didn't even have a bike. No way. I was just going to run. <clears throat> and so I'm there That's like awesome. dressed up and like a minute before the race starts, he's like, you should just go to the front. Like Sven Nice and all those guys are up there. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not Sven Nice. But I was like, I guess it'd be pretty easy. All I have to do is slide in between all these people. So I slid up to the front row, slide in like right on this side. And so like Ellen Noble is only like five feet from me and she's got the mic in her hand. And she's like, she just starts dying laughing on the mic. And she's like, whoa, Forrest Gump just showed up. And then she's like, <laughs> it's it's quiet because we're about to start the race. And then she just starts talking to me. She's like, Forrest, are, you're not going to, you don't have a bike? And I'm like, no, I'm going to run. And she's like, you're going to run the whole thing? She's like, I think you need to have a, a head start. So she says, head she said, Forrest, go ahead and you start. So I start running. I start running down the start stretch. I got a head start. And she said, she said, all right, everybody else, you're going to go when Forrest hits the grass. And so when I hit the grass, that was the official start of the legend race. Like, dude, that, cool. is, that is like, like, that's super legendary. Right. How legendary is that? Somebody sent me a video. So if you want to see it, you can go to my Instagram, Dizzle underscore Dillman. But that was like... That right there was like awesome. So I ran. Uh, I, I was just jogging. Did, did it freak you out easy. when you got swarmed by like a hundred riders? Then oh, dude, I was like hiding on the barriers, like so scared. <laughs> <clears throat> I got lapped like three times, you know, because I'm just jogging. I, you know, I'm, I'm also like in the back of my head thinking, like I am racing a World Cup in two days. I did just finish a C1, so let's try to do this as easy as possible. So I ran like <laughs> super slow, and then when I got when I finally made it to the secret bar. I did a costume, like an outfit change, because I had started with like the sweatpants and the poncho, like at the very end of the movie. When he's running, he gets to that scene in the middle of the desert where he's like just dirty. And so that's what I started. But then when I got to um, the secret bar, I took off all the sweatpants and stuff. And I had like super short running shorts and like a yellow shirt because he also wears that at one point when he's running. And so I, so then for the second half of the lap, I've got like super short running shorts and the super high socks. And so then Dude, I finish and you really I was coming up and over the final, like flyover, Ellen Noble was like, in other news, we Forrest Gump is about to finish. And it was just like, <laughs> if I had ran a little slower, like 
like less than a minute after I had finished, Svinnis and all those guys sprinted for the finish. So I was oh. thinking like I should have just like hid behind a bush or something. And as those guys were getting onto the final straight, I should have got behind them and I would have been like in the background running as they're all mm-hmm. sprinting for the win. <laughs> like that would have been pretty cool too. But yeah, it was fun. <clears throat> I'm glad I did it. I had like, I think like 90% of the people that were there spectating the legends race, I'm pretty sure 90% of them yelled run forest run at one point or another. Sick. Yeah. So I, I'm still unclear on what the legends race is. Everyone, everyone's dressed up like it's Halloween or something. Basically. Yeah. Okay. But they, <laughs> but like Sven Nice does it. Uh, Jens Voigt does it. Evie Richards did it. Like all these big mm-hmm. named, riders were there so so, yeah, trek, so so trek pays like their big riders to all come out yeah so thing. so the yeah. first year that it happened i don't think it was supposed to be like a costume contest or anything like that i'm pretty sure like the first year was just like an opportunity for the everyday cyclist to ride with like sven nice mm. so like they just had this race that was like you know five legends were in it and then anyone else could sign up and i'm yeah. pretty sure one of the trek employees like came and showed up in like a cow suit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's what started the whole costume thing gotcha. yeah yeah wow. now even the legends dress up like gins void and sven nice yeah. had costumes on so it was like well what were they dressed as i think sven nice was dressed up as a as a devil and gins void was dressed mm-hmm. up as a shark yeah wow. <laughs> who won uh um <laughs> So I think Sven won, but they gave it to the cow. Or no, 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 a pickle who got third. Uh, somebody just said that he was the winner, even though he was third. And so the pickle was Wait, the that's right. yeah, winner. That, that, that's what it was. So, so yeah, the first year, that's what it was. The first year, the cow actually won the race, too. And that's what made it like, okay, now everyone's got to do costumes. It, yeah. it was like a huge wow. thing for, for like the next year. That sounds difficult winning a bike race in a cow outfit <laughs> that's right um, I so think, how yeah, i was a little then? disappointed they do two legends race on friday and then they do one on saturday but the one on saturday is like at dusk so like at sec like 6 30 mm. p.m and i didn't want to be there until 6 30 because like world cup the next day um and the second day on Saturday is when they actually do a costume contest. And I was like, man, you got to be kidding me. Like oh. I'm, Ellen Noble on the microphone on Friday said she thought my costume was the best. And so I was like, man, yeah, I wish, yeah obviously. I Definitely really wanted to the like, biggest disadvantage. I really like wanted to win the costume contest. A bigger head start than what you got. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the race. I wanted, I just wanted to win the costume contest. Who won the costume contest? I don't even know. Okay, because that was on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I didn't stick. I didn't stick. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, that I is. You. Yeah, I think that does kind of suck. Like they they should just have one because like you, no one wants like you can't have the same costume twice. Like mm-hmm. you've already already done that. So what are you going to do for next year though? Because I feel like I feel like there's two ways to go. Like you can either be one and done with your legendary. <laughs> Forrest Gump costume, or you oh, can be like the returning one. legend of Forrest Gump. Or I could just keep letting it all grow and show up as Gandalf. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Because Gandalf Your hair hasn't would even, need to be like white, though. I would dye it all white, show up in like garbs and everything. 
turn my bike you into dye a dragon. Your hair all, dye your hair all white. What do you think I'm going to be remembered most from this weekend? For getting 27th? Or be being it, or doing the legends race as Forrest Gump, like you um, you already look well, way <clears throat> older than you actually are with all this facial hair. If you dye it all white, people are going to think you're like fifty dude. years old, and you're like twenty nine, which would be sick because then you'd be like fifty years old in the <laughs> World Cup. Yes, yeah, people are going to be like, "Who's this old guy <laughs> freaking getting top 20? <laughs> old right. balls." <laughs> 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 no i probably am not gonna do that i think uh i think at the end of the month i'm gonna have to trim it up <clears throat> really yeah hmm. it's getting right. a little out of control i mean i'm surprised dylan hasn't ripped on you for being super non-aero in cyclocross yet yeah there's yeah, been a lot I mean, of people that is it, it's not even it's not even worth it with well, Dylan doesn't have to. At this point. I've had people, <laughs> I've had people yell at me. Dylan wouldn't say that's arrow. Like they literally yell that. Like you're not, you're not, <laughs> you're not, you're not making Dylan proud because they must know that me and Dylan are connected. That sounded weird. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> me and Dylan are friends, <laughs> and uh, yeah, somebody said that. And then I've had people say like that beard's not arrow, and I, I should start yelling. Yeah, but it's cool. <laughs> Because that's what matters. Wow, that, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, every time I try to talk about aerodynamics to Drew, he just, like, his eyes just glaze over. <laughs> yeah. So. Dude, Drew, you could have you done the Legends race on Saturday and then afterwards um, stopped at the barber shop. They had, like, a barber shop set up in the woods. Yeah, somebody told me that. Yeah, they were like, you know they've got a haircut place back there, or a barber. <laughs> Um, so is there anything from the World Cup you want to talk about other than your 26th place? Mm, it wasn't great. Which, I mean, which, by the way, I mean, that's like, I mean, that's, that's not, it's not bad. Like, that's pretty solid. Did you see what happened on the first lap? Um, no. You said that you got had, run over? No, 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 I ran over, dude. I had to come to a complete stop in the first turn, oh. which in a cyclocross race is never a good idea. So, like, literally... Second from dead last, dead last being the dude I ran over behind me. <clears throat> um, so, uh, yeah, screw like, that guy. <laughs> you know, I had a pretty good start on Friday, so I'm like, all right, I got to get a good start. But that's that's basically impossible from the fifth row or whatever I started. You know, I basically started dead last. <clears throat> um, so I didn't move up like at all. So I'm still kind of sitting dead, like sitting towards the back of the group. Plus, a dude crashes in front of me, so. I go from on the back of the group to off the back of the group. Um, so like the, like, so I'm going through sections of the first lap and guys are just running into trees and rolling on the ground and like off their bikes. And I'm like, this is pathetic. Well, Cause you were like stuck in the scrum <clears throat> in the back. Oh, like behind the scrum of the scrum. It was terrible. Like dudes who were like, I, I guess they like live across term or something. Dude, I don't know. <clears throat> not to crit- who are these dudes like how are they even in the world I, I think it's just people who live in the u.s who are from other countries so like a dude from costa rica mm. who i know lives in the u.s i don't know his name or anything oh yeah but he can do bay. the world cup because he's from costa rica i'm like sweet like cool that you're doing a world cup not cool that i'm behind you um <laughs> it was just those kind of guys <laughs> um so i'm like yeah it just sucks so like the whole race i'm like all right i gotta I was committed to the chase. So 
my first lap was like a 745 and my second lap was a 712. And I'm pretty sure the leaders were doing like 710s. And so I was like mm. pretty close to like, you know, like full tilt. Um, that was like my fastest lap though. So I don't think that I could, I don't think <laughs> I wouldn't have been in the lead group. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I had was committed to the chase. And then I crashed on the third lap and basically lost all the places I had gained. <laughs> so went back, you know, uh, so it was just a rough race. Um, yeah, dude. So now those I, guys are calling you the scrum. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, but I was I like think, trying I think to, that if I was, you're in last place of a world cup, you're technically the scrum. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> um, anyways, so I chased back. I caught a lot of dudes the last like couple laps, like be, you know, guys are just blowing up. Uh, like I went by a lot of guys, um, and they, they didn't even like get on my wheel because I was going forward and they had blown up. So, I mean, I was happy with where the legs were. I think had I had a normal first lap, I could have been a little higher up. So hopefully I can't imagine this week can go any worse. So hopefully, hopefully I'll have a better result. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Yeah. So Scott, we haven't heard from you much, man. Are Are you still there? Yeah, is your mic yep. even on? Is your mic on? It's like super quiet. <laughs> we have this issue like Dude, every week, don't we? Can you hear oh, me? Yeah. That's better. Scott, are you going to race any of the Cyclocross World Cups or no? No. Why not? They're too far away. He's not fast enough. See? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I don't know. I didn't, I, I didn't plan on doing them. So just not how much how much more so I don't cyclocross racing are you gonna do this year? Uh, like a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna do indie and every race after indie. You are doing indie? Come on, bro. Yeah. What about nationals? That's in the U.S., isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's the U.S. national championship. If you make the world, I'm gonna do every race after indie in the U.S. If you make the world team, would you go? I have no idea because I don't know what I'm doing next year. Scott, you're really good at planning your life. I've heard what you're doing next year on the road, (laughs) but we probably can't. Retiring to gravel? Well, don't say it because (laughs) are we not allowed to talk about it? Yeah, we probably shouldn't talk about it. Don't say anything. It's not, it's not, it's not. Um, that's funny. You should come race for Roadhouse. We need you, dude. Well, no, I don't know what I'm. What races I'm doing? Oh, can we recruit you? Yeah, anybody you, can. You recruit want to talk me. to Roadhouse? I can put you in touch with Curtis, the guy that runs the team. We need a sprinter, dude. I lead you out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know if I'd go. Oh, I, I mean, I guess I don't know. Hmm. Sick. Okay. Well, you you'd probably just miss out on what, like a training camp or something. I mean, there's no racing, no road racing going on in January. Yeah, there is. Where? Other places. Why? Why do these road teams feel the need to start the season in January? That is so freaking early. Like, That's give just your like riders time happens, to build though. a base, so the rest of the season goes well. Well, yeah, but their season like, ends in September, so they build their base like, dude, September sep- through January. January to September. That is so freaking long. Yeah, but you got to think, like, a road race isn't, like, a full tilt 200-mile gravel race. Like, you're not, like... Dylan, 
you can do a road race when you're not in peak shape and just like just chill in the pack. Just to use it as training or like no, mm-hmm. not just chill in the back, but just No, the pack. Chill in the pack. There's no chilling. <laughs> okay. You just <laughs> said, like, you just said it wasn't full tilt like a gravel yeah, race it's full is. Full tilt for like a half an hour or something. It's not full tilt for 6 hours. That's what I meant like by chill in the pack. Yourself. Dylan, wasn't your season from February to October, which is like the same thing as January? Did I have a race in February? I don't think I had a. I don't think I had a race in February. February is probably the busiest month for road races. Okay, I think I had a race in March or something like that. All right, so one month. Oh, that's two months: January to March. Also, like, well, yeah, but I don't you, you're racing till October. I race all the time now, so sure. I just race. Yeah, yeah it doesn't seem to just like never, it doesn't seem to have a detriment to Scott. Like he races all these different races all year, but he's good at all of it. So, like, might as well just keep doing it. He was the only one out in the barriers. I don't like race plan. I'll like start drinking too much beer and like get fat and shit. Dude, Scott. So, what are you going to do if next year your your contract says you have to do Gravel Worlds? I'll do it. <laughs> well, it was Easy. basically a road race this year, so you would have liked it. Yeah, I mean, wasn't it just like like that? Have you ever heard of the race Trobro Leon? Mm, no, no. Go look that up. It's the exact same. Isn't thing. that like a chocolate or like Strada Bianchi? It's yeah. kind of like that, but Trobro is like. On like farm tracks and shit, like okay. oh yeah, gotcha. There's yeah, it's like grass. the same thing. Yeah, it's it's basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah, it was like that. It was very little climbing. Like it looked extremely flat. But we already talked about gravel worlds at the beginning of the show when you weren't here. So I was listening. I just had nothing to add. So, uh, so Scott, you and you and Dizzle are going to duke it out in Indy. I guess. I mean, I'm probably going to be pretty out of shape because I'm not going to ride for two weeks. Here are that's the excuses, right? That's already. why you and Drew will be duking yeah, it out. Exactly. <laughs> Scott's out of shape is, is my is my peak. So uh, so yeah. Dude, I went for a run like two days ago. I can't walk. I can yeah. barely walk. You went for a like, run. Going downstairs takes me like five minutes to get down a flight of stairs. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Are you running for cross? Uh, yeah, I guess. I thought you said that was unnecessary. Running? Yeah. I just think it's unnecessary to like run more than you ride your bike because there's not that much running cross. Okay, but you should still do a little bit. Right? Sounds like sounds like you did a pretty hardy run there. If you can't walk down, yeah, we did. <laughs> we had like nothing to do. I was in Maine, so I just went. We went, and it was actually it was only like three miles, but. <laughs> Dude, if you haven't ran in a while running. and you go out for a run, yeah, it'll wipe you out. Yeah, I haven't ran since more than like across a parking lot. I guess since mm-hmm. Cross Worlds, but there wasn't even any running in that. Yeah, yeah really, just those stairs. <laughs> since then, so yeah, I'm pretty fucked. Well, you heard it first here. Scott's actually training for Cross now, so <laughs> brace yourself. Yeah. When when is Indy like two or three weeks or something? Uh, something like yeah. that. Two weeks from this weekend, okay. so like two and a half weeks from now. It's so Scott, you're weekend. gonna do um 
So you guys saw Pan Am's, obviously I'm sure you saw is, is in at really rad now in Massachusetts. So. Yeah, Dizzle, you going to that? What? Nah, it is tempting, but uh, three races. I'm, yeah, I know, but I'm doing Cincy and I'm doing Indy, and both of those are only two hours from my house. And then I'm going to take a like a mid season break, uh, and then do a big training block in November and do the Hendersonville race. So to go to do that race would like totally screw up my whole plan right now. I just don't want to over race and that'll be my fifth weekend of racing. So I just don't think I'd be racing that great. And it's like Mm -hmm. a 12 hour drive. So wait, so Scott, so you said that it's three races. So they, they just added Pan Ams. They didn't like swap one of the existing races for the Pan Ams. I'm pretty sure that's what they said. Also, I haven't like looked into it at all. That's what I've heard. I've heard Friday is Friday is Pan Ams and then the weekend. And then the weekend schedule is the normal C1, C2. Okay. That's pretty sick. So it is definitely tempting. It could be a big point. So you should try and peak for Sunday's race when everyone else is smoked. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's don't exactly race Friday right. or Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Just race the C2. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think for Pan Ams, they pull out all the U23s and they do a separate race. So like if you take out some of the U23s, that's, I mean, a few of them have been beating me this year. So I could go There's and do points. the elite. Yeah, I could go do the elite. Pan Ams and get like a decent amount of points because points are a lot higher at Pan Ams as well. But it's only yeah. top ten. No, fifteen. Pan Ams. Pan Ams <clears throat> put uh, dishes out more points than nationals, which I guess makes sense because it's like technically oh, it like continental. But yeah, it's fifteen deep, and the points are like double. Dang. You guys are really. I remember. I remember now. looking because because. Um, uh, cause I was interested in going to Costa Rica. So I wanted to see like what I would need to do to get points there. And it was 15. You should just go for Laruda in freaking June. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, like <clears throat> it was kind of no. tempting to like go do one race <laughs> and then hang out in Costa Rica the rest of the time rather than doing six mm. races. Six, five, five to hang out <laughs> four. I don't know. However many stages it is. Oh, I think it's three or four. You could hang okay. out after Laruda. Uh, yeah, you'd be you pr- kind of blown. Yeah, you would be blown for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably die while trying to surf or something. Drown. Uh-huh. Um, sweet. Well, should we get to these listener questions? Yeah. Um, do you, do you have any Dylan or do you? Yeah, I do. Okay. Well, I got, so the, the guy who was asking about, um, the what's it called the power the power, power rankings. rankings the gravel power ranking i think that he got a he got a response back from the pure gravel guy um that you know the number of how 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 much they weight a race depends on the number of hitters and then his follow-up question of course is like how do you define a hitter right <laughs> so I don't know if you want to get really technical about this and like very nerdy. I think that hitter hitter is relative and it's like, you know, it's not, it's not a, it's not black and white. Like this is a hitter. This is not a hitter. It's like a, it's a scale, right? Like this person is more of a hitter. This person is less of a hitter. So you probably just have to have some kind of like 
ranking system for each rider and then um and then though if those riders show up to a race like you can say like okay this rider that's ranked like this this many riders that's that are ranked this high showed up and this many riders that are ranked this high showed up and then this is how many hitters there are because this is like the total ranking of the riders that showed up you know what i'm saying Dude, Dylan, I feel I like I, I feel like well. you you probably got like at least thirty more hitter points after getting your tattoo. That was like <laughs> so gravel of you to do that. That like you, uh-huh. if you weren't a hitter before, you are definitely a hitter now. I just need to grow out the mustache. And then yeah, I, I mean that's that's kind of next <laughs> level. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like the the way <laughs> the way that they put this is like, and then and then it also talks about like the number of pros that show up but like pro in gravel isn't defined so like it just sounds so gravel to have this like super subjective ranking system like why not just like actually develop some kind of ranking system if that's what you're trying to do yeah like i just i don't know yeah so to me it just makes the the gravel or pure gravel power rankings even less relevant So the, the, like at the top, so if, if there was like some sort of hitter ranking, like obviously at the top, if we're talking about us gravel, which is what this power ranking is for, obviously at the top is like Keegan Swenson. Right. And then no, dude, Pete Stutna. Keegan doesn't have a mustache, man. (laughs) That's true. He does have tattoos though. Keegan has, he does have the tattoos. Maybe it's a wash. Are tattoos a gravel thing? Yeah, for sure, man. Okay. Tattoos, uh, mustaches and IPAs. Sure. <laughs> um, and attacking in the feed zone. Right. Well, that, that's, against that's just tactics. Spirit. That's against the spirit of gravel. I mean, hydration packs. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Keegan's out. <laughs> but yeah, yeah so anyways, okay, okay. But, but what if Scott showed up? Yeah. Ooh. Scott's not a hitter at all in gravel. He big question. That's mark. what I'm saying. <laughs> but like, he should be. I, I agree. Well, technically, he's won the only gravel race that he ever did. But yeah, I'm undefeated. <laughs> yeah, and he was like almost beat Keegan Swenson at World Champs. That doesn't mean anything, <laughs> <laughs> dude. You sh- I, I, you should have like, tried. Like, you should have like tried going, way harder to beat Keegan. And you could I have mean, like claimed that you could win Leadville. Dude, that would have that would have been let Keegan's been beating up on all of us all year long. If you had beat him at World Champs, that would have been legendary. Maybe maybe Keegan's goal was to beat Scott though, which is also legendary. I I doubt that that was his goal. But <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, anyways, back to back to defining hitters in gravel. Yeah, I think they like. I don't know. It's it's not a black and white thing. Like this is a hitter. This is not a hitter. It's like a it's like a grayscale. So you need to come up with some sort of ranking system for the riders. I mean, the power ranking is the ranking system for the riders, and then like how you know how many of those riders show up to a certain race is like how you rank how many points that race gives you. This is exactly what CrossResults.com does. They yeah, every rider yeah, has a number, and then the more riders that show up to a big race, the bigger of a race that is. So then you get the chance to like, if you do really good in a race where more hitters mm-hmm. show up, well then that that brings down your score, and a lower score is better. 
And so it's just this huge algorithm on this website. And then they use it to predict races too. Like, oh, if yeah. these people are signed up for this race, then we'd say this person would win. Yeah. They've been doing that. They've been <laughs> they, doing yeah, that for they, years. They have, like this I think isn't they do a the new same thing for road. Yeah, it's not like mm-hmm. a new thing. They just this cross results, I know. road results. Now they it's just need to do gravel results. It's not a new thing. It's the results. fact that gravel wants to be different. So instead of having like an actual ranking system where you assign people points, they just want to do it based on like how good they think you're going to do. On the road, they should just do it by like the number of dudes you like actually physically hit after your crit. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Dylan. Oh, that was pretty good. Yeah, good one. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. So so to answer Daniel's question, I would say we're probably not even sure. Like, um, I don't know. Maybe maybe we're a little more familiar with, like, who might do well. But I think it's maybe a little harder in gravel, too, because the races are a little bit less predictable, other than Keegan. Like, mm-hmm. Um, you know, Keegan's going to win every race, but who's going to be second through 10th switches up a fair bit, but still, I mean, you kind of know like who the top 25 guys in, in the country are. Yeah. I I think that, I mean, top 26, if you include Dylan, (laughs) I think that the, I think that the issue, so with like using the gravel power ranking to determine who's a hitter and who's not a hitter is that like, um, like, for example, Adam Roberge is currently leading the gravel power ranking because he does every race. But that does it like if Adam Roberge and Keegan Swenson were on a starting line, I'd have my money on Keegan, not Adam. Right. Yeah, because because they're using like they're they're using the gravel power ranking as like a cumulative system versus mm-hmm. like something like cyclocross results. Um, mm-hmm. They it's like your your average scoring. So like sure. You do more races, you actually like you have potential to to get better, but you yeah. also have potential to get worse. Mm. It's like a rolling calendar of your top five results. Yeah, out okay. of the last like ten. So like if you sure. like you know, if if you already have ten races and like, you know, tenth race ago was like your top result, like you're kind of taking a gamble that you might do worse than that and then your ranking goes down. Mm. Yeah. Why does a ranking like why do, why are why are we getting so hung up on this rankings anyways? Like why does it matter? We're not. Daniel is. <laughs> um, so yeah. I, I mean, I said I said <laughs> I said this in the last the last episode. I've never thought about how to maximize my gravel power ranking. I just yeah. I don't I don't think it really matters. We do have a ranking, and it's called the results list. There you go. Mm. There's your ranking. Like you don't have to, I don't know what all all the hype about these rankings are. Yeah. I mean, or you could just create your like sub category results list, like the lifetime grand prix where like you finish second in unbound, but you actually won unbound. Mm. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, in sports, yeah, if you take out all the, non, like, if you take out all the non lifetime Grand Prix riders, <laughs> I would have been fifth place. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, so like Daniel talks about how he like reverse engineered the algorithm for the gravel power rankings. And honestly, Daniel, it sounds like you might have a better idea of who like, like how to categorize people as hitters. So, um, Daniel, I think that you should just 
you should make your own gravel power ranking. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Do it, man. You should you should come up with the the gravelresults.com. Yeah. Sweet. All right, next all right. question. And we get 50% uh, yeah, of all Yeah, definitely profits. next question because it was our idea. <laughs> uh, let's see what we got here. Um, no, that's that's the one about the gravel power ranking. Um, I this person asks three different questions. Okay. Is the whole podcast a trolling exercise for Scott? I would say on on this episode, Scott's just been like basically asleep. So yeah, it's too early for Scott. Obviously, he seems distracted. Scott, you do. Yeah. You're a better podcaster when you've got like three or four beers in you. Is what I'll yeah, say. Well, we should do it at eight a.m. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Yeah, last week we did it at like nine p.m. This week is like, like yeah, but crack of dawn. <sighs> Uh, you uh, said that guy's got three questions, though. What are the other two? Okay, as a guest on the Adventure Stash podcast, Keegan announced he'd be staying in the domestic off-road scene rather than signing for a world tour team, primarily for lifestyle and financial reasons. Do you think the golden age of U.S. off-road racing is growing, stagnant, or shrinking in opportunities for talent to stay and have a good career outside the world tour? I have another question. Is 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 Payson's podcast that big to where keegan announced his plans through the adventure stash podcast why wouldn't he put out like a press release why would you announce your i mean or or unless keegan's just not as big as we think he is maybe he doesn't warrant a press we have been hyping him up an announcement (laughs) yeah The announcement is that I'm doing exactly what I've been doing. Yeah, do I like, that's not really that I took a shit this morning. That's I mean, <laughs> <laughs> not really. A, yeah, it doesn't have to be like a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I yeah, I feel like Keegan just doesn't feel the need to announce that he's gonna do what he's been doing. Like that's not well, an but, but he was on a he he was on a contract year though. So I mean, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. the, like there there has to be something that happens. Like either he resigns sure. or goes somewhere sure. else. So I, I think that's maybe where there's a little bit more discussion about it. And he just yeah. did road also, world, so everybody's thinking: Is he going to do more road? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, ever since he, you know basically took second at unbound they've been talking about how keegan should go to world tour yeah and i mean i think that if this shows you anything uh it's like just because you're really good at gravel racing in the u.s does not mean that you're going to be really good at world tour racing on the road in europe if you take out all the euros you could be (laughs) yeah (laughs) honestly though if you take out all the euros he still wouldn't have like won the race or anything by any means. oh my gosh you guys are killing me i'm never gonna say that again i'm sorry all right <laughs> so uh also i think i i think that i mean i could be wrong about this but i think he kind of used world champion the world championship road uh races like sort of a test to see like whether he liked road whether he'd do well and uh i don't know he's probably not used to being mid pack slash close to the back of the pack it was probably a yeah dude, just rude awakening and like get like expect it to be anything like that sure like, i remember my even my first road race this year i was like scared shitless yeah riding like so close to people but then you do like three races and you're used to it again yeah so i don't i would have done more yeah 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, I doubt that a world tour team is willing to pay him more money than he's currently making. Um, and you know, it could, it'd be like a gamble for him, right? He could say, okay, well, I'll take the lower pay now, but if I prove myself, then in a couple of years, I could be getting paid more or he could not prove himself. And then in a couple of years, he'd be out of the world tour and he's like looking for sponsors again. You know what I mean? I feel like every like big name American that goes to the world tour, that's like somewhat the end of their career. Like, like how, how often did I hear Logan Owens name over and over and over again? And then as soon as he goes world tour, I don't hear about him for like two or three years. Cause that's just a whole, it's just like a yeah. whole nother world of racing in Europe that, that isn't as like publicized in the U S but so it's kind of unfortunate. Yeah. I but. mean, you know, if you're, if you're good enough to be, uh, I don't know, in the top 100 in Europe, you're probably good enough to be like close to the best rider in the U S. So if you were racing in the U S people would be like, wow, look at how fast you are. But if you're racing in Europe, no one right. even pays attention to you. Yeah. Like look at how much publicity Keegan has gotten this year. I don't think that that could be matched if he went to the world tour. Like there's no way. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. We, we yeah, and hopefully like the sponsors said, we, we wouldn't hear that. about Keegan for a year. Right. And yeah. hopefully the sponsors realize that and are like, you know, making sure that they, mm-hmm. uh, give him what he like, give, you know, pay him to stay here, you know, cause that's yeah. a lot of, I, I, good. I think he's, I think he's probably making, making the smart call. Um, yeah, I, I was saying like, it's a shame that Keegan isn't racing, doing some sort of international racing, whether it be off road or on road or whatever. Cause he's, he's, he's an international level talent. Um, mm-hmm. like he's talented enough to race internationally, but, um, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I, I can totally see why he's choosing to stay domestic. I mean, I'd probably do the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. There's one more question. Uh, all right. Lachlan and Keegan suggest, uh, suggested good improvements to the lifetime series would be to increase the variety of events by adding a full sus mountain bike race and uh, full road bike race. Do you think this is a good idea? What events would you like to be added to the series? Would more off-road events be tempting for Scott to join the series or more <laughs> MTB events for Adam? I think he meant oh, wait, more road events be tempting for Scott and more MTB events be tempting for Adam. And a cyclocross race. Let's just do it. So, yeah, so, and BMX yeah. and downhill and right, you know yeah, trials. And, yeah. <laughs> so, so when I first heard uh, Lachlan talk about that, I was like, yeah, that actually sounds kind of cool, like to just completely run the gambit of like t- cycling disciplines. Mm-hmm. But if you think about what the premise of like the backbone of the Lifetime Grand Prix series is, it's all these mass start events. So like you're yeah. not going to have a mass start road race. Mm-hmm. Um, unless, I mean, I don't know, unless Grand well, Fondos are mass start, yeah, which maybe but like already, do. already Sea Otter and Schwamigan are not mass start. Um, they're not mass start for the pros, but they're still mass start events. Like sure. what I'm saying is like, they're not going to put on a race just for the lifetime Grand Prix athletes. They've kind of sure. made that pretty clear. Yeah. So they're not going to just build a road race. 
Cause like no mm-hmm. one's going to do it other than the grand Prix riders. Yeah. I, uh, so what I'll say is I don't necessarily want a series where we're doing like all these different disciplines. Like we've got a freaking one hour cyclocross race and we have to do unbound. Like I don't, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily want that. Like honestly, Schwam again was already a pretty short race in my opinion to even be part of the series. I think it was cool that it was part of the series to kind of switch things up, but um. So I don't necessarily want there to be like a huge variety in the types of races that we're doing. I think like having, having riders specialized in endurance off-road events is probably good enough. Um, that being said, I think it would be cool if there was a legit mountain bike course where a full suspension is clearly the faster bike. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that'd be cool, but I, I also like, I really like the idea of spicing it up by requiring everyone to use one bike for the whole season. Mm. <laughs> um, in so, which case, like you wouldn't have like a course then that's like super technical, like Moab or something, you know? Sure. But, so, so that would be putting the lifetime riders at a disadvantage versus all the riders who are not part of the lifetime series. Yeah. Which is fine. I it's, guess, it's but for like the series, I guess, but you want the riders in the series to be performing well at each individual race. Like, I, I think that's a cool mm. idea, but like, you know, if, if, uh, you know, like if, uh, dudes from Europe are going to come and try to smash unbound and like all the lifetime riders are like racing unbound on their hardtail hard, hard mountain bike. Yeah. Like they, then they've got no chance. Right. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I see that. Yeah. Like you want, you want the lifetime riders selected for the series to be the best riders at every race to kind of be like, look at how prestigious our series is. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, I just don't think adding a road race adds any value. Sorry, Scott. Um, at least for domestically. I, I care. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, are you at all in come up with like the next great idea of like a series or some shit? Like, why can't it just just do road races and do mountain bike races and do mm. whatever? You don't have to combine everything and like make some <laughs> grand series of like to crown some champion or something. So you don't like the series? I mean, it's it's a it's a gravel series, so it's right. fine. Yeah, well, so you're saying, like, don't make it into something more than it is. Yeah, just leave it alone. Mm. Yeah, okay. and I, I kind of agree. That's kind of where if I you change back it every to. year. It's, like, not going to be, like, you can't follow it, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. It's different every year. Nobody really knows what it is, and then everyone just talks about it, like, speculates about it. Why can't you just, like, keep it the way it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with that. Like that's how you get these big road races because they've been happening almost the same way for hundred plus years, right? So now they're historic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of the most of the races in the lifetime series are historic on the domestic level. Like they've been around yeah, for like unbound been twenty around or what? thirty years, you know, yeah, fifteen to 15 years. thirty years or whatever. Schwamigan. Leadville, Unbound, uh, 
Yeah. Big Sugar is the only one that's like only been around for two years or whatever. Right. Um, anything else on that one? Otherwise I have a couple other things. I think that's it. So pretty someone long. sent me We're pretty far into this. Are we going to keep going? I mean, we don't have I mean, any if you've got stuff of... to do. You can leave, but we never go this long. That's how usually you podcast. Like, can... right, we're I getting mean, close yeah, to an hour. We got to start. There's probably <laughs> like only five people listening at this point, but those five people want to know what Adam has to say right now. Yeah. So, so someone sent me this in, and it was a screenshot of Jeff Kabush's Twitter feed. So he was talking about the UCI gravel worlds and this is just kind of like a statement, I guess, but so I'm just going to read it. So he says, UCI really wanted to bring the first three years. Wait, hold on. UCI really wanted to bring the first three years to America, but y'all made it abundantly clear. You didn't want it. So why so much interest now? He's talking about like the first three years of gravel world champs was supposed Mm -hmm. to be in Tahoe. Um, If you don't care, don't pay attention. But personally, I think the U S missed a great opportunity to shape the discipline internationally. One of America's monuments of gravel, BWR, which doesn't even call itself gravel, is won every year on a 28 to 32 millimeter road setup. But now it's a sacrilegion, sac, it's sacrilege that people are racing skinny tires at UCI Gravel Worlds. I love to see it more challenging, but room for all kinds of courses. And then he goes on, everyone seemed to love a retired pro racing in America, but somehow actual pros racing in gravel are not cool. It's all just bike racing, and I think it's great bringing people together from every discipline. More attention equals more opportunity for up-and-coming gravel racers. Sure. Is there, is there I, a question? Interesting take. So one thing know. that I... Someone just sent it to me and was like, talk about it. One thing that I really agree with that statement is like when when World Tour Pros first started doing Unbound, for example there were a lot of people like all up in arms about the fact that world tour pros were starting to leak into gravel. Like, Oh, you know, they're ruining gravel. It's like, why are you dictating who can and can't do gravel? You know what I mean? Like, why are you saying like somebody who's a world tour pro on the road? Like they, they shouldn't do gravel. It's right. You know, everyone should be able to do gravel. (laughs) Um, like even if you're really fast on the road, like I don't, and and the fact that, you know, the fact that a bunch of really fast European roadies are jumping into the Gravel World Championships, like, what is the problem with that? I think people uh, just complain. People on the internet just complain a lot. Like, there's <laughs> always going to be complainers on the internet. That's just what it is. Like, yeah, it's true. Always. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the U.S. probably, the it was clear from like the U.S. pros attitude about the whole UCI gravel thing that like they did not care about UCI gravel for whatever reason. It could have been because the lifetime Grand Prix could have been for, for other reasons, but like it was, yeah, I mean the U.S. pros didn't care about UCI gravel. And that's probably why the UCI was like, why are we even trying to have the world championships in the u.s then here's a thought do you think the uci or do you think the u.s gravel pros didn't care about it because they didn't want to feel bad about themselves if they didn't make the world selection dude i think they didn't care i mean i don't know this is like on an individual basis but i i bet you there are some gravel u.s gravel pros that are killing it in the u.s 
and like they're the top dog in U.S. gravel. They're a big fish in a small pond. And if they, if the, if gravel goes UCI, like they're not going to be a big fish in a small pond. Like they're not right. going to be at the top of gravel. They're going to be mid pack at best. From a very practical standpoint, I feel like this year the reason Amer- a lot of Americans didn't go in on, on it is because we already have all of these races and you can only race so many races in a year. So if you're already doing the Lifetime Series and you're already doing the BWR Series, like how are you going to yeah. do a UCI Series as well? Like It's sure. just like we've already have these these established races. I'm not going to not go to the established races to go to these new races that we don't even know if it's going to be around. For yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, from a, for, yeah, for the domestic scene, I mean, you know, it, there are, the riders are already getting paid to go to the local races. So like, yeah, there's not a huge incentive, but I just think like, it's, I don't know, like when, when the UCI first announced that they were going to have a gravel world championship and like everyone was like up in arms. Cause they're like, we already have a gravel world championships and it's called unbound. It's like, then the actual gravel world championships happens. And clearly you realize quickly that unbound is not gravel world championships. <laughs> uh-huh. So like, I agree with Dylan. I think, I think that is part of what it is, is like, you know, some riders stepped out of world tour, um, and, and stepped into the scene where like now all of a sudden you're like a, you know, us gravel rock star. And that's sure. cool. Like, I think it's, I think it's awesome that that's what it's turned into. And like it, in going back to your, the last question asking if like, gravel or just off-road racing in general is kind of uh reaching its like peak of like you know opportunity for riders in the u.s and i and i would say that for sure that is the case right now i don't know how long that's going to last but it is cool that riders can opt to stay domestically and like make a decent living Uh, at least the top ones can um you know but at some point yeah i mean the you know formalizing gravel is just going to make the competition like even more stout than it than it currently is like the lifetime grand prix has elevated the competition at these races but if if more pros start racing like gravel because of the uci series and they hop into some of these other races like the the fields will just continue to get more and more uh stacked Mm -hmm. yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens i don't know if uh if like it seemed like there was a lot of hype around the world championships, way more hype around the world championships than there was for any of the supposed like gravel world cups. So I don't know if it grows, uh, like if it grows in Europe and it grows, um, in other places, it could, you know, it could get to the point where it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like road in the U S. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, okay. So one more quick one, and, and I'm probably going to divert this question to like the next matchbox episode. Cause it's more training related, but I thought it was interesting. So this is a guy, his name is Juha and he, he sent in a question, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago or something. And he was, he was asking at the time, like how he can have better starts so that he, cause he was like picking off riders like throughout all of his like five hour gravel races. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was like wanting to, you know, some tips on how to have better starts, but he gives us a little bit more Intel here. So apparently he raced gravel worlds this past weekend and he said he had a better start and didn't lose positions. Um, and you know, was able to have a strong finish. He says he has one question for the podcast. 
how to gain speed for long gravel races by losing weight or by gaining power. Like what would be the preference? Mm-hmm. Um, he says he's maxed out his training time and feels like he can't gain much more uh, power or, you know, fitness. He's at 395 watt FTP wow. at 84 kilos. So, I mean, he's, you know, he's a bigger dude, um, but still 400 watt FTP is like, that's massive. Um, and he says he can do well over 300 watts for five hours. So he's wondering, like, should he mm-hmm. just focus on trying to lose five to seven kilos? Um, you know, what do we think on that strategy versus trying to get fitter? Yeah, okay, my homeboy, so, my homeboy MC Spandex says it's all about performance. That's the name of the game. That is such a bad answer. What? <laughs> no, no, it makes sense in my head. Lose weight to the point to where if it starts affecting your performance, stop losing yeah. weight. So, so if you can I, lose weight and maintain a power, I think it all probably comes down to body composition. You probably need to not be looking at your weight and looking more at either watts per kilogram or uh, your body fat percentage. Those two things are probably more important than just raw weight. If you're tracking those things, then you can track, okay, is my watts per kilogram going down? Um, cause if you're losing your Watts per kilogram, as you lose weight, then that's not good. And then right. if, if you're already at, I'd say 12 or less body fat percent, then you're, it's going to be really hard to lose more than that. But if you're at like yeah. above 12, I'd say you probably could. Yeah. Could so he does say down. that he's a muscular 84 kilograms. Uh, so he says he could lose five to seven kilos, but it would most likely be from muscle mass. Yeah, I mean, so his power, maybe his power he's like would got go down. upper body mass. His power would go down in that case, and but that doesn't necessarily mean that his watts per kilo would go down. In fact, like his watts per kilo could very likely go up. Um, right. I would say that in that case, it it very much depends on what kind of racing you're trying to do well at. Are you trying to do well at a very hilly race, or are you trying to do well at a flat race? Because the optimal like the optimal body weight for each person is different but then the optimal body weight for each person for each race is also different right so the optimal body weight for you know i don't know like a flat race like perry roubaix is different than the optimal body weight for if you're trying to go for the gc at the tour de france obviously i mean we can just see by the by the different people that win both those those events so the flat, like the flatter the course is, the more I would lean towards, you know, s- staying a bit heavier. And then the hillier the course is, you know, it's it gets more important to drop weight. Yeah, I know it's very <clears throat> dangerous if you start to do the math of like, oh, if I lose this many weight, this much weight, my watts per kilo will go up to this. That just gets really dangerous very quick. Yeah, it I, unless you have a lot of body fat. Uh, most of the time, if you're, if you drop, you know, if you drop five kilos, you're going to drop power as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and losing five to seven kilos of muscle mass can also have a detriment on like your body's health. So yeah, be kind of mindful of that too. Yeah. I mean, if he's 84 kilos and he's pretty muscular, I, you know, I don't know if it'll have a detriment on his health at that point, but yeah, yeah. I don't know how big, like how tall he is or anything, but, mm-hmm. um, Yeah. 
So uh, we're at over an hour and a half, you guys. Yeah, we can uh, we can get this thing rack, wrapped up oh, here. I thought, oh, I thought, but if there's more questions, we don't want to let the five <laughs> listeners down. We got to get what answer all the gotta questions. Do. I'm hungry. You got questions? I haven't eaten You're, breakfast yet. We did this have, thing so early that I haven't eaten breakfast yet. Dude, I haven't eaten breakfast either. See, so we're all hungry. I only had like one cup of coffee too. So I'm I, Scott actually, hasn't even Scott hasn't even woken up yet. <laughs> He's over here asleep. Yes. Yeah, Scott, you got any questions? Do I have any questions to ask, or that somebody asked me? <laughs> Someone asked you. Dude, either one. No, either asking one. more questions. The answer is no for both those. But okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, this this one dude who was asking about like. Uh, I forget what question he was asking, but I was like, "Yeah, you should send the question to Scott." And he was like, "I don't, I don't think Scott will see it." I'll look yes. at it. I'll Scott's look got it. way too many followers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Sick. Wrap it up. See ya. <laughs> see ya. <laughs>